pray that you would be so blessed this morning. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we're so grateful that you were here before we were, Lord, that you've welcomed us into this place this morning. And Jesus, you've been waiting here for us. And Lord, we can't wait to hear you speak to us, Lord, through your word. And so I pray that you would use me as your vessel. And Holy Spirit, I ask that you would tailor make this message unique and individual to each and every person who's listening this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, were there any parents in the school holidays that braved the movie theaters? Did you take your kids to the movies? I tell you, the Devetas, we had an experience. The first time in a decade, so our eldest is 10 and our youngest is four, first time in a decade that all five of us made it to a movie together. We have kids that are not the biggest fan of movies and uh, they get quite scared and we're like, okay guys, this is gonna be our treat, we're gonna do this. And we chose a movie, Lego Movie 2. Lego Movie 2. Now, I had not at that time seen Lego Movie 1, but my two eldest kids assured me, they're like, Mom, you're going to love it. You're going to love Emmett. You're going to love Lucy. This movie is going to be awesome. I was like, great. We'll see how it goes. So I bought our tickets online. I went to Pack and Save to get our snacks that I could smuggle into my bag. I arrived only to find that every other person in Whangarei decided that the last Friday of the school holidays was the best time to go to the movies. But it's okay, I was feeling good because I bought my tickets online. So I bypassed the very, very long queue, get my tickets, but only to find there is absolutely no point in pre-ordering your tickets, do you know why? Because nobody sits in their designated seats. Hello, we get into the movie theater and someone was sitting in our seat. now. I had to keep my Christian cool right now, right then. And so we squished our family of five into the four seats at the back of the theater and uh, profusely apologized to the person whom seats we had taken because someone had taken ours. But it's okay, we settled down and the movie began. Now, if you've seen kids' movies, the adult, the adult humor is brilliant. Well, this one did not disappoint. Favorite sequence of lines is where Emmett says to Lucy, Lucy, I bought you some coffee. And Lucy replies, coffee, the bitter liquid that provides the only semblance of pleasure left in these dark times. <laughs> and Emmett says, Lucy, did I interrupt you brooding? <laughs> yes, because not everything is awesome, Emmett. That's what Emmett is going to discover in Lego Movie 2. But are there any other brooders? Are there any other deep, dark, melancholic people in church this morning like me? Hello. Well, maybe you're more like Emmett. I'm married to an Emmett. Optimistic, positive, glass half full. A true statement might can be known to say, we got this, Ames. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> But you know what? What do we do? What do we do in those times when life is not so awesome? Do we choose to dwell on the negative? Oh, I can so easily go there, like really easily. Quite a talent, actually. <laughs> I can dwell on my circumstances that might not look so great. But this morning, the theme of our Mother's Day is dwell. And I want to reclaim what this word dwell means. I want to talk about what God, uh, where God wants us to dwell and the benefits of dwelling in Him. You know, to dwell means to live in a specific place. To dwell means to write or speak about something at length. And I think it's really interesting for me in our English language, dwell actually carries quite a lot of negative connotations. I don't know 
how you find this. But have you ever said, oh, just don't dwell on that. Like, stop dwelling on that. Don't dwell on the past. Don't dwell on the negative. Don't dwell on that. Well, I believe that actually dwell is a very, very important word for us to understand. You know, in the Bible, in the Old Testament, dwell is a series of about nine Hebrew words, most commonly translated as yeshub. We'll just call it that, yeshub, yeshab. And it means to sit down. To dwell in Jewish culture meant to sit down. You see, no, you didn't stand in Jewish times when you could sit. And I'm like, I like the sound of that. I'd like to sit and finish my cup of hot coffee in the morning. Come on, mums. I'd like to sit down and finish my breakfast before I have to rush out the door to do the school run. I'd like to sit down and still my soul before my Savior. Amen? Amen. Well, listen to this beautiful promise. Psalm 91.1 in the New International Version says, anyone who dwells in the shelter of the Most High he, she will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Wow, what an amazing promise for us today. And you know, someone in the Bible I wanna look at this morning is somebody, a woman, who knew what it meant to dwell, to sit down, to live in God's presence. And I believe that we can learn a lot from her life. And I'm excited to share with you because I've never spoken on Anna before. But God has put Anna, the prophetess, on my heart. We're going to read a little portion of her story together. Luke chapter 2. Uh, in your notes, verse 36. It says, There was a prophetess, Anna, a daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was well along in her years, having lived with her husband only seven years after their marriage. And she was a widow for 84 years. Wow. She did not leave the temple serving God day and night with fasting and prayers. And at that very moment, which I'll explain to you soon, she came up and began to thank God and to speak about him who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. You know, much that we know about Anna is more by implication rather than direct knowledge. But we know that Anna was widowed after only seven years of marriage. And in Jewish times, they got married around 14 or 15. So in my calculations, that would make her in her early 20s. Can you imagine being widowed in your early 20s? And yet the Bible tells us that Anna decided to live, to dwell permanently in God's temple. And she stayed there for 84 years. That's amazing. My calculations, she could possibly have been at a, an age of 106-ish. 106 around the time that she met Jesus. And so in those times, Mary and Joseph, the mother and father of our Savior Jesus, brought him to the temple, which was as per the custom and the culture of the day, to be dedicated before God. And there was a faithful prophet called Simeon. You may have read the story. And he came and he blessed Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus as they dedicated to him. And at that very moment was when Anna arrived on the scene. And she too got the fulfillment of her heart's desire. She got to meet her Savior. She got to meet Jesus. And I just love that, um, that Anna was just this woman who didn't dwell on the past. Let's face it, if anyone had an opportunity, a reason to dwell on the past, it was Anna. How would you feel to be a widow, to be 
to be, have no husband and no, and no children. In those days, that was a rough deal. But Anna did not choose to dwell on her past. Anna instead chose to dwell in God. And I believe there's three places that we can dwell. From Anna's uh, application to our lives, the first place is in God's house. We need to dwell in God's house. Psalm 84.4 says, How blessed are those who dwell in God's house. Do you know what it says? They are ever praising him. How blessed we are when we dwell in the house of God. You know, the church of Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. It truly is. I love what, the, what is happening in the church of Whangarei at the moment. If you were here for J. John, this place was packed like never before as the church of Jesus Christ came together. There is my passion, if you hadn't quite picked up already, is to see people fall in love with the house of God, to see people come to know Jesus, find freedom in Him, grow in their relationship and find their purpose. You see, Anna, for Anna, the temple was where she literally lived. Like, she lived on site. Can you imagine that? She, like, she had a room up the top in church. Amazing, eh? From my reading, um, Anna was given an apartment in the temple. What a huge honor, not just as a, as a widow, but as a woman, to be given an apartment that she could live on site. And she made the most of her time. She chose, the Bible said, to worship God continually, day and night with her prayer and her worship. Wow. And as Anna brought her prayer and her worship, she actually received something really so invaluable. Anna found her calling. Anna found her purpose. And where did she find it? She found it in the house of God. Come on, Psalm 92.13 is a life scripture for me that says, plant it in the house of God. You will flourish in the courts of our God. That has been my story. We moved here when I was 12 years old. I've always been a part of Elam. It's been my background. But when we moved here to Whangarei, my parents planted ourselves in the Elam church here. This is where I found home. This is where I found family. This is where I found friendships that have truly lasted a lifetime. This is where I had opportunities to serve. This is where I gained my, one of my first opportunities to speak. It was in the house of God. I am who I am today and I am here today because I got planted in the house of God. Would you plant yourselves? Because as you plant yourselves, the Bible says that you will flourish. At the end of this month, we're going to celebrate 30 years of Elam in Whangarei. How amazing is that? 30 years of God's faithfulness. 30 years, and he's not finished yet. And I believe that there's generations that are going to come from this house that are going to know what it means to dwell in God's house, that are going to be here because every Sunday matters, that are going to be here not just for them, but for what they can bring because Jesus matters to people because they want to see people come into a relationship with him. I love that. You know what? We can make a choice today to dwell in God's house. The second place that we can choose to dwell in is God's word. Ladies, it's Mother's Day here and today, and it's my prayer that we truly would be women of the word every day. 
women of the word every day, but I don't stand up here saying that I've got this all right. In fact, it's one of my greatest challenges in this age of distraction and busyness that sometimes invades my time in the word of God. And yet I know from my experience that the Bible, the word who is Jesus, has an answer for every problem that I face, every issue that comes my way. I can have a promise in God's word. You know, Psalm 91.4 says, his faithful promises are our armor and protection. How amazing is that? I can remember going through infertility and my promise for a decade was that God would settle me in my home as a happy mother of children where I would praise him. More recently, I've struggled with insomnia, struggled with sleeping. Thank you to my beautiful children and the stage of life I'm in. But I'm not alone in that. And holistically, yes, I'm getting help, but you know where the other help I'm going? I'm going to the word of God. I'm going to his promise for me. Psalm 4.8 says, Amy, I will make you lie down and sleep in peace for I will make you dwell in safety. I was like, wow, God, that is a promise for me. I've written it out under my pillow in many seasons. And we need to know, no one else can find that promise for you. You've got to find it for yourself. You've got to go digging in God's word for the word of promise for you. And I promise you that as you go digging, as you dwell in God's word, you will have the sustenance and the protection and the cover that God promises us. Amen. Man, I believe that Anna was a woman of the word. She was a woman who would listen to the word of God as it was preached in the temple. I bet she knew those scriptures so well. Do you know there's over 300 prophecies of the Messiah, which we know to be Jesus, talked about in the Old Testament? Anna was a woman who knew the word of promise. I reckon Anna was also, I reckon Psalm 68.5 was a, a promise very dear to Anna's heart. And it says that God is a father to the orphans. He's a father to the fatherless. And he is a champion and he is a defender of widows. Wow, I bet Anna held that promise close to her heart. And as I prepared this message today, so impressed upon me that I just want to honor our widows here today. There are many of you, I'm not going to embarrass you, but I just want to honor you. And we have a lovely sunflower at our information desk. You get an extra, an extra gift today an extra gift on Mother's Day. You get a beautiful sunflower, and I pray that it would remind you that God is smiling upon you, that he is turning his face towards you, and he is your champion, and he is your defender, and he loves you. Come on, can we honor our widows in our house today? They're amazing ladies. Love you all. Thank you for being woman of the word. Women who dwell in God's word. And you know the last place we can dwell in is God's presence. You know, Anna, she lived on site for 84 years. She remained in God's presence. And because she remained, she received the promise. She received her, her heart's desire. She got to meet her savior. You know, I believe Anna had a personal relationship with God. I believe that Anna was filled with the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine in her, in her, in her prayers and in her talking with God, saying, God, is this the day? 
Is this the day I'm going to meet the Messiah? Is this the day I'm going to meet the one that you are sending to redeem Israel? No, Anna, not today. Next day. Is this the day? Is this the day that I'm going to see with my own eyes a fulfillment that was prophesied and promised so many years ago? Can you imagine her delight when she heard the whisper of the Holy Spirit saying, yes, Anna, today is your day because you have remained faithful. You have continued to dwell in my presence and you are going to receive your promise. Maybe the Holy Spirit whispered, his dad is called Joseph. His mother is Mary and he's a baby, maybe slightly brown hair. I don't know, but I tell you, we do know because Anna came at just the right moment. Luke 2, 20, 28 says she came. How did she know? Because she had a relationship with the Holy Spirit. She knew God personally for herself. Isn't that amazing? And amazing. And you know, the Bible goes on to, t- goes on to say that she couldn't keep quiet. You could not keep Anna shut. Her mouth was speaking of God's goodness. Hey, have you met? Hey, do you know Jesus has come? The Messiah has come. You don't need to dwell in in disappointment and in your hopelessness anymore. Hope has come today. Jesus has come. I just love that. And we can meet him. We can know God personally. You know, he's the word. He was with God in the beginning. Jesus is the word and he is God. And Colossians 3.16 says we need to let the words of Christ what dwell richly in our lives. You know, as the team would like to come, I think the key to a fruitful life, and let's be honest, we all want to make a difference. Yeah, we all want to lead a life and live a life of significance. But something that I have learned is that living a life of purpose and significance is not about doing more. It's not about doing more. It's about dwelling more. It's about remaining and abiding in Jesus. Because Jesus tells us in John 15, 4, remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit from itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in in me. We've got to be people that learn to remain, learn to abide, learn to dwell. Anyone know what this is? (laughs) Yes, we live in Northland. Come on. How many of these have you got in your car, in your house? Hello, I have an umbrella for every occasion. Because, you know, we don't live in Funga Rain for any, you know, for no reason. It rains up here. Like, it doesn't get too cold. Oh, but man, it can rain, eh? I remember moving back here, and I was like, oh, I remember that it rains so much. Does it ever stop raining in this place? I got asked recently, does it ever stop raining? <laughs> you know, I'm really grateful for the umbrella. You? <laughs> I'm, really, I'm really grateful, and I really don't like it when I get caught without an umbrella. It just does the hair no good, I tell you. <laughs> for many other things. But, you know, I'm really grateful I'm really grateful for the protection of an umbrella. I'm really grateful for the cover that it gives me. I'm really grateful that I can stay dry. And you know, um, you know how silly would I look? Just say it was pouring with rain. I think it's going to rain today, actually. And it's pouring with rain outside, like 
teaming down and I've got my umbrella down here. Like, how silly do I look? Oh yeah, I've got an umbrella. It's down here, it's really beautiful. Look, it's even got Dwell on it. Oh, I wonder if that's the gift for the ladies this morning. <laughs> it's really beautiful. It's raining, but I've got it down here. <laughs> See, I really want you to get this today, that you wouldn't run, that you would remain, that you wouldn't depart that you would dwell, that you wouldn't leave, but you would live. You wouldn't stray, but you would stay under God's protection. God is your umbrella. Come on, even my little girls got that. Oh yeah, mom, that's cool. God is your umbrella. He is my umbrella. And anyone who dwells in the protection of the Most High will rest in the shelter and in the shadow of his presence. You know, there's times, there's times when I, I go out of the cover. I know that I'm going out sometimes. And then there's times where I don't even realize that my umbrella has fallen down to my side. Maybe it's been disappointment. Maybe it's been frustration. Maybe it's been anger, hurt, offense. And all of a sudden I'm like, I'm getting wet. There is raindrops. God, where are you? He's like, I'm right here. I am your umbrella. And you know what he does? He's so gently, he's not mad at us. He's madly in love with us. Song of Solomon 2.4 says his banner, his covering over us is love. And he is gently calling each and every one of us back to dwell, to dwell in his shelter. Amen. And that's my prayer for each and every one of us. You know, the umbrella, it doesn't make the storms of life go away. It would be really nice, wouldn't it? Every time you put your, your umbrella up, the storm would just go away. No, God doesn't make the storm go away, but he makes you safe in the storm. He makes you secure. He is your refuge. He is your protection. He is your answer. He is your peace. He is your strength. And my prayer, my friends, is that you would dwell. You would dwell in His shelter. No matter what is storming around outside, because we know storms are going to come. It's not an if, it's a when. But we can be encouraged because Jesus has won the battle for us. And in Him, we can remain safe and secure. So dwell. Dwell under His shelter. You know, I think God gets the glory when as Christians, man, the storm is raging on around us. And we're like, you know what, Lord? It's only because I'm dwelling under you. It's only you that has caused me to be able to make it through. It's you alone, God. God is our umbrella. And there's so many incredible benefits, did you know, of dwelling in God's Word. And I encourage you to go home and read Psalm 91. They are conditional because it says in verse 9, if we choose, if we choose to make the Lord our reference, refuge, sorry, and if we make the Most High our dwelling, this is what we can receive. God's rest his refuge, and your notes, his protection, his truth for freedom. Christ has set us free. We can know peace. All fear must fall in the name of Jesus. We can know his help, and it might not be 
Sometimes we might get totally his angels protected us. And I can hear and I know personally what that's like in my life. But sometimes he helps us in trouble and he helps us through trouble. And he helps us at the other side of trouble. Because the last benefit of dwelling in God is that we receive his salvation. We receive a long life and our salvation. And I just wanna say this morning, you know, maybe there's a few of us who have walked with God for a wee while. And you know what, without even realizing it, you realize your umbrella is down here and you've been getting a bit wet. And I just wanna pray for you because I'm wondering if there's people here that actually God is calling you to come undercover, come under his shelter. Maybe for you, it's a fresh commitment to dwell in God's house. Maybe it's a fresh commitment to sit and savor his words. Or maybe it's a fresh commitment to dwell in his presence, to remain and abide in him every day. Can I pray for you all this morning? If that's you, why don't you just lift your hand in response? Thank you, Lord. Lord, I see. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, we just thank you. Father God, that your banner over us is love, that your umbrella over us is love, Lord. And Father God, where we have gone astray, Jesus, we ask your forgiveness. And Lord, we thank you that, Lord, you forgive us. Father God, you remove our sins. Father God, as far as the east is from the west, Lord, that's how great your love is for us, Lord. And so, Lord, we come back under your shelter and under your umbrella this morning. Lord, Father, I pray that you'd make us people of your word people who know what it means to dwell in your house, Lord, and to abide in your presence, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. But I just want to give one last invitation, as we always do. Maybe you're here today and you've never asked God to be your umbrella. You've been doing life your way. You've been doing life on your own. You've never asked Jesus to come into your life. And it would just be an absolute honor to pray a prayer with you. Because the last benefit of dwelling in God is that we would be saved. What do we need to be saved from? Well, we've all sinned. We've all messed up. We've all gone our own way. And that's why we need a Savior. And that's why Jesus came. He came because He loved you and I so much. He is the Son of God. And He lived a perfect life, experienced everything that we could ever imagine. And yet He remained without sin. And He freely gave his life on a cross, taking the punishment that we deserved upon himself. And he didn't just stay dead, but he rose to life again. He rose to life so that we could be forgiven from our past, so that we could have new life today and that we could have eternal hope for our future. You know, the Bible says if anyone becomes a Christian, they become a brand new person inside. They're not the same anymore. A new life has begun. And I wanna extend an invitation for you to experience that new life, for you to experience living under the shelter and umbrella of God. Doesn't mean your life will be perfect, but you will know God as your refuge and your strength and you will find rest. So if you, that's you here today, you're saying, Amy, count me and I wanna ask Jesus to come into my life for the very first time, or maybe I've been away from God. I've been getting a bit wet. And it's time to make a fresh commitment today. I wanna include you in this prayer too. And we love to pray it as a church family. And you know what? We believe that as we pray this prayer by faith, faith, that God will hear our prayer and He will forgive our sins. Amen. So come on, let's pray together. 
Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and the Saviour of the world. Today I make you Jesus, the Lord of my life. I believe you died for me to forgive my sin. And I believe you rose again to give me new life. Please forgive me. Be my Lord and Saviour. Come and dwell within me by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And with every head bowed and eye closed, if you prayed that prayer for the first time or coming back to God, we just want to acknowledge you and help you. We don't want to embarrass you, but would you do something brave for me? Would you just pop up your hand right now? 